All right. Hello, guys. Um, my name is Candace Hines, and I'm back with episode number two of Elephant ITR. Um, if you don't know what that stands for, Elephant ITR just stands for Elephant in the Room, and this is a podcast where I discuss controversial topics and a bunch of unpopular opinions, basically all the things that no one ever really wants to talk about. So today's episode title is um, Holiday Depression. So I kind of just wanted to dive into um, the type of depression that's usually overlooked because we tend to just call people bitter. We tend to tell, you know, tell them that they're being a Debbie Downer, they're negative Nancy, like all of these things, um, especially around the holidays. But really, I kind of wanted to touch on why it is that these people might be going through these things and for I myself as well. Um, So just sit tight, grab a cup of uh, apple cider or tea if you prefer, and we'll dive right into this together. All right, guys. So first things first, what exactly is this holiday depression that I'm bringing up, right? That's probably the first question that you guys have. So pretty much what I've did is I've come up with a list um, myself and I've kind of extracted holiday depression out of the general definition of seasonal depression. So what's the difference? All right. So with seasonal depression, the way that it's classified, um, it's pretty much classified or I'll just read to you the description of what seasonal depression is. So it says seasonal depression often starts in the fall and may continue into the winter months. Symptoms include fatigue, depression, hopelessness, and social withdrawal. Okay, so pretty much it's saying that this is a winter depression in a nutshell. Um, I mean, we can go back and forth and argue what they might be saying, but we're just going to stick with that uh, simple description for now. So what I've done is I've pinpointed, uh, especially personally for myself, because I was like, I don't really suffer from seasonal depression. I mean, you know, it's not like I'm just you know, sad in the winter all the time. So I went a little bit deeper than that and I came up with this idea of holiday depression. So the difference between seasonal depression and holiday depression is holiday depression pretty much sparks from specific holidays, whether that be Thanksgiving, Christmas, Easter, Valentine's Day, um, all of these different holidays. And usually you find yourself pretty, pretty sad around these, around these times And so um, pretty much this entire podcast, I'm just going to go through um, pretty much all the details about holiday depression. Um, So holiday depression is generally um, pretty much stems from having a lack of relationships. So if we're going to dive deeper into what seasonal depression means, um, which in turn results in holiday depression, um, you'll find that the root cause of people feeling sad on holidays is sparked almost entirely from a feeling of loneliness and a lack of warmth, which are things that you uh, could easily cure with other people. And I want to even go a little bit deeper than that to point out that a lot of these things you can't really get from friends sometimes. I I know for myself personally, I'm struggling with this emotion or whatever you'd like to call it. Um, Mine's pretty much stemmed from having a lack of close relationships with my family, you know. So even though I know a lot of people, I have a few friends, um, still around the holidays, I tend to get very sad because what do you see around holidays? You know, you see families with their Christmas cards. You see families, you know, grocery shopping for their Thanksgiving dinner. And then it's like when, when you don't have that, 
you, you're you're missing that. And that's not something that you can really get from your friends, which I'll, I'll talk about a little bit later in the podcast. But um, generally, um, it's important that we dive a little bit deeper into what um, it's meant by seasonal depression, you know, because I think that only once you truly understand what it is that's going on, that's how you can fix it, which is why I'm creating this podcast because I've been dealing with um, this for a while now and I feel like I've become very good at dealing with it. So I just pretty much wanted to help anyone out there who's noticed that maybe you're not depressed, but for some odd, strange reason, you tend to get very, very sad on the holidays, um, which which brings me to my next point. So symptoms of holiday depression. Pretty much the basic symptoms of depression is what you get, you know, so like you're being lethargic, lack of energy, um, like thoughts of hopelessness, like what, what I mentioned a little bit earlier when I was reading from the seasonal depression um, symptoms list. Um, so that's pretty much like the symptoms you're going to get. They're going to be the same symptoms as depression. However, there are a few main differences. One I mentioned a little bit earlier, um, which is that holiday depression is most noticeable around holidays that are supposed to be spent with families and people. So your Christmas, your Easter, your Thanksgiving, your Valentine's Day, usually that's when the depression gets, um, it it really sets in. It usually sets in around those times. Um, The next most important thing that's different between um, seasonal depression and holiday depression is there's a drastic, a drastic increase of in, in the amount of withdrawal from social interaction with seasonal depression versus holiday depression. So with holiday depression, okay, um, well, you know what, we're just going to pause right there. We're just going to leave that on the, the list. So withdrawal is one of um, the basic effects or, you know, our main differences between holiday depression and seasonal depression. The next one's going to uh, be what I mentioned earlier. So, um, there's a, it results from not having close relationships, not having intimate relationships. And most importantly, most importantly, the main difference between seasonal depression and holiday depression, it's going to be your social and personal perception of the two um, uh, illnesses or whatever you want to call them. Um, and so I'll go, I'll go a little bit into that a, a little bit later. Um, but some of the effects that you see um, in people that have holiday depression um, they're less likely to talk about holiday depression out of guilt. And so what I mean by that is, you know, who wants to tell someone on Christmas Day that they're depressed because, you know, they miss their toxic mother? Like, you don't even want to start that conversation because everyone's going to look at you like you're the Grinch, you know? Like, everyone's going to be like, oh, why are you so bitter? Why are you being so negative on Christmas Day, you know? And it's like, no one wants to be negative on Christmas, right? So usually people with holiday depression won't even tell you that they're feeling it um, because it's like it, society makes it seem like telling someone that you're sad on Christmas Day is like telling someone that you're jealous of your best friend, which is completely bizarre to me. But anyways, we're going to go ahead and go to the next point. Um a lot of people that suffer from holiday depression have this feeling as if they should be grateful to spend time with friends on holidays. So a lot of people think that if someone tells them like, oh, you know, like I'm not spending time with my family, I'm going to be alone, and they invite them out, that they should be grateful that they even have someone to spend the holiday with, which is it's completely also bizarre to me because it's like, you know, if you're spending time with your family, why can't I, as another equal person, want to spend time with my family as well? 
And even though you're trying to, you know, compensate for my lack of family, it still doesn't measure up. You know, it just doesn't. It just doesn't. Um, the next effect um, that people um, with holiday depression usually go through is there's a constant feeling like they shouldn't complain about it because they feel as if it's not severe um, or as severe as general depression, which results in consistent, and I mean consistent withdrawal. They just don't talk about it at all. They just completely hide the feeling. They ignore it. When Thanksgiving Day comes, they just act like everything is fine. You know, even though they were severely depressed two weeks prior or a day prior or two weeks after or, or day after or whatever, um, there's a constant withdrawal with people who suffer from holiday depression because, you know, it's just like this weird stigma that you're required to be happy on holidays, which is weird. Um, and, and usually from them doing this withdrawal uh, or withdrawing, it causes them to suppress a lot. So, so what happens when you get these people who are suppressing, you know, these intense, very intense and real, uh, you know, feelings you get a lot of aggression from that, you know? And, and that's another, like, stigma that I wanted to point out with holiday depression versus seasonal depression. You know, you get people who get um, very, very severely sad, you know, from holiday depression or from seasonal depression. Um, but then you also have people that get very, very angry, you know? And it's weird that our society just thinks that aggression or anger is just a huge no-no. And, like, anyone who feels angry is just a problem to society. But in, in reality, you don't have – you have people of, of both ends of the spectrum. You have people that get very sad and you have people that get very angry. And the two aren't very different, you know? Just because someone's angry doesn't mean that you shouldn't treat them the same as you would treat someone who's sad or, or you know, be more willing to understand their problems. Because what happens when people, you know, react out of uh, emotional pain with aggression is people completely dismiss them. Completely, entirely just dismiss them, uh, you know, make it seem like they're their own problem. And it's, it's completely bizarre to me that we as a society have this perspective on anger when it's a very valid emotion, especially for people who suppress, especially for people who don't have people that they can go talk to. And usually for people with holiday depression, they don't have people that they can talk to because on the days that they feel it the most, those are the days where no one wants to hear it. You know, no one wants to hear it. And then so you're wondering why this person seems bitter, you know, three months into December or, or, or I mean, three weeks into December or two weeks before December. And, you know, it just you're just judging them, but you're not trying to understand them because they're bitter, you know, they're angry. It's like, it's, it's, it's this weird, really weird, like, as a society, we have this really weird outlook on anger. And I think that anger should be more accepted because the more that we don't learn how to um, deal with it, the same way that we deal with sadness, you know, maybe different techniques, but until we're more willing to you know, allow people to express anger um, just as much as they are to express sadness. Uh, I feel like we won't really succeed in the the mental health realm because we're we're being completely biased. You know, it's like when someone's severely sad, sure, maybe their only you know goal is to hurt themselves, which is completely you know. I'm not saying that that's okay. That's completely uh, it's, it's it's a very scary thing, you know. And maybe when someone else is angry, they just want to hurt someone else. But it's like at the end of the day, two people are getting hurt. <laughs> you know, two people are getting hurt. This life, this sad life, is not more uh, valuable than this this angry life. You know, it's like 
two people are still, you know, even though it's not the person, the person that's aggressive is acting aggressively towards other people, um, still, in the end, you'd still have two people that could potentially be hurt. So we shouldn't treat one as if it's the bad guy and the other one as if it's the good guy, because honestly, like, if they, they need to, they need to have an equal ground if you want to succeed. Anyways, that's, that's a story for a different podcast. So anyways, let's continue down the list with holiday depression. So, um, I've come up with some ways, right? So if you know someone that might be suffering from holiday depression, I've come up with some ways that you can potentially comfort them. You know, you can comfort someone with holiday depression and, and, and it'd make you a better person altogether. So why would you not? You know, so hopefully at least one of these things on this list um, can help you. All right, so so let's just jump right into it. So instead of asking them, oh, what are you doing for blank insert holiday? Um, just try inviting them. So I'll explain a little bit. What I mean by that is asking someone the question of, quote, what are you doing on Christmas Day? unquote, you know, it's kind of like you're, you're, you're kind of prying. And even though you mean no harm by that, even though you are being completely innocent when you're asking that, you might provoke unwanted emotions in that person, especially if there's some trauma, you know, around, you know, their family um, and things like that. Because usually if you ask someone what they're doing on Christmas, most people spend Christmas with their family, you know, and it's like if they don't have a good family or if, you know, their family's toxic or if their, you know, father's not present or whatever it is and it's something that really affects them, you know, it, it kind of forces that person to suppress again because nine times out of ten, I guarantee you, they're not going to go into like, oh, well, you know, my mother was abusive, so I'm not spending Christmas with her, and I don't know my father. They're they're not going to do that. They're going to tell you, oh, I don't have plans, even though they're probably feeling a whirlwind of emotions at that moment. So to completely just eliminate that altogether, just try inviting them. Just be like, hey, you know, I know that you might have plans on Christmas Day, but if you don't, I'd really love for you to come spend time with me and my family, um, if you can, you know, and and it's like, you're not, like, it's a better way of approaching a situation with someone that you think might have holiday depression um, resulting from some of the um, issues and traumas that I've mentioned. Um, but that completely just eliminates that, you know, emotional suppressing moment that that, that person would probably go through if you ask them the other way. Um, the next thing that I have on my list, um, if they choose to talk to you about you know, their issues or their problems, just listen. And I know that it's not your responsibility to make someone feel better. Um, it's totally not. But if you care about this person, th- if you really want to help them, the best thing you can do is just listen. So if, if they pull you to the side on Christmas Day when they're hanging out with you and your family and they just say, hey, man, look, like, I'm really sad because I'd really like to be with my family today, whatever, you know, just listen. Do not, do not go down the the rabbit hole, you know, trying to get them to be grateful, trying to um, get them to see the good and what they're feeling. Just don't do it. Just listen. Like they trust you enough to tell you that, you know, so it's like take that, take pride in that. Take pride that this person trusts you enough to tell you something, you know, extremely, extremely downing on a day where they, they know that they're supposed to be happy. Like this person knows that if they were to tell anyone else that on Christmas, 
they'd probably be shunned. They'd probably, you know, be told that they're ungrateful. They'd probably have to deal with backlash or subliminal backlash, which is the worst, you know? So it's like they trust you and you should take pride in that. And if you really care about this person, just listen. Like they know you're not God. They know that you can't fix their toxic family or their absent father. They know that you can't fix that. But they're, they're actively trying to heal themselves. They're actively trying to take a step to take charge of their own happiness by communicating that with you. And just, you, you should honestly be honored to listen to this person because that means that they see something in you that they don't see in the rest of the world. So kudos to you for getting someone to talk to you about their holiday depression because that means that you're probably a really great person. Um, Next thing on the list, um, I kind of mentioned this just if, just previously, but don't make them feel bad by saying that they should be grateful. Um, but I'm just going to touch on it again because that's probably one of the more important ones. Just don't make them feel bad. Just don't do it because, um, I mean, it's like no one, just as much as, as you don't want to hear it, you know, they don't want to feel it. So you're, you're having, you know, you're getting upset and really tense about them, you know, being so negative on Thanksgiving Day or <laughs> being ungrateful on Thanksgiving Day. But imagine feeling that on Thanksgiving Day. You know what I mean? Like, imagine that you see you're spending time with your friends and you see how loving their families are and you see how amazing everyone is or the an amazing time that everyone's having and and you know that you can't be with your family because your family, you know, maybe a family member just died. Maybe your family completely split apart. Maybe you just don't have a good relationship with your family. Imagine feeling that all over again and, and you're complaining about just hearing it, you know? So sometimes we just need to self-reflect and realize what's actually going on. And here I am to help you with that. <laughs> just don't make them feel bad for what they're feeling, you know, um, and that's probably one of the more important ones, but I'm just going to go ahead and jump to the next bullet point here. Um, make them feel like they're your family while still being mindful that you're not their family. Okay. So what I mean by that, for those of you that missed it, for those of you that it went over your heads, make them feel like your family, but still be mindful that you're not their family. So even though you think that you're doing the most absolute perfect thing, you think that you're you know, including them and you treat them no different than you treat your brother, your mother, your sister, your cousin. And like, for some reason, they still feel sad. And and you feel angry at that point because you're like, wow, I'm doing everything. Like, I don't treat you different. Why are you, why are you complaining? Why are you ungrateful? And that's the reaction that most of us as normal people would, would have. But when you're dealing with someone with holiday depression, I'm here to give you the other side. I'm here to give you that other perspective. Don't do that because this person, regardless of regardless of how well you treat them like your family, regardless how how much you make them feel included, uh, they're still not your blood. And it is okay for them to want something that is theirs. If you have a family, if you have a good relationship with your mother, a good relationship with your father, or, and so on, why can't they want the same thing? Like, even though you might get really stinking close to replacing the family that they only wish for or never had, you're still not their family. You're, you're still not theirs, you know? And it's sad to say, but it's, it's kind of like, you know, you still have to be mindful that you're not their family. So even if you're doing everything right, don't, it's not personal. It's, it's nothing personal. It's, it's not even personal with you at all. This person is just wanting that. 
And there's nothing wrong with them wanting to be equal. Like, if you can have it, why couldn't they have it? And I understand that life and situations are completely different for everyone. But we can still wish. We can still dream. We can still hope. And if this person's dream is to just have their own family, you know, or if they wish that they could have their own family, like, don't make them feel guilty for that. Like, that's, that's, that's the, that's... That's extremely wrong. Just don't do it, you know? Just don't do it because this person's probably already going through a lot, you know, and now they have to start suppressing again because they're like, oh man, you know, they are doing everything for me. I should be grateful. You know, that's like telling someone who got one leg chopped off that, oh, hey, like at least you didn't get two legs chopped off and you have a, you know, prosthetic leg. What are you complaining for? You mean to tell me this person can't wish that their leg never got chopped off? Like that's bizarre. That's completely absurd to say. So, before you do it, just think of it from that perspective. Like, treat them like they're your family, but me, but still be mindful that they're not. Um, I mean, me personally, when, when I was learning how to cope with my own holiday depression, um, I know a lot of times, like, people do ask that question, oh, what are you doing for Christmas? And I had to suppress, of course, and be like, oh, well, you know, I'm just staying in my apartment. I'm just you know, gonna go do this or whatever, you know, but it was never like with family. And so a lot of people are like, oh, you know, that must suck. Oh, well, if you want to spend time with my family, you can, you know, and I'd get lots of invites and things like that. But at the end of the day, like you don't replace my, (laughs) you don't replace my family, you know? And it was really, it's really hard, you know, having holiday depression because it, it hits the hardest on the actual holiday itself, you know? Like you'd think that, the effects are, you know, start happening two weeks before and then after Christmas you're fine again. But no, because like after Christmas, everyone has all of these gifts, you know, not even just the gifts, but everyone's with their families in the mall. They're using gift cards. You know, you still got uh, people on family vacations out of town. And then it's just like, wow, Christmas is over, but I'm (laughs) still feeling that holiday depression, you know? And like, it's, it's really something that you can't talk about, you know, because people think that you're being negative, you know, like I've had some days where I get like, like really down and I'm just like, you know, people are like, oh, what's wrong with you? You know, and they start to take it personal, but it's not personal at all. Like, for example, um, this isn't a holiday, but it's a special day. I went to um, my best friend, my best friend at the time, I went to her graduation and like, all of her family were there. They came from like out of the country and it was like amazing, you know? And I wasn't jealous. I wasn't envious. I was extremely happy for her, but I couldn't help but feel sad. And like it showed my vibe just changed. Like I was just sad, you know, and I was sad because, you know, like my grandma had recently passed away and I was just seeing all of her family there. And I was just like, wow, man, like I, I I wonder if this many people are going to show up to my graduation when I graduate, you know? And it was, like, it was a very hard thing to do because I didn't want to be sad because that was her day, you know? And it, and it seems like it would be selfish of me to be sad if that was her day. But now that I've reflected on the situation and, you know, I got through the day, everything was fine. But, you know, it's not selfish. It wasn't selfish of me to be sad. You know, I had every right to be sad. You know, it's like seeing, seeing her with her family and how happy they were and, and how much support she had, you know, I could only dream for having, you know, dream of having that much support, you know, at my graduation or at any event or anything like that. And so 
I had to sit myself down and tell myself, look, you're not selfish. You are not a bad person. You're not a bad person for being sad at, at someone's Thanksgiving party. You're not a bad person for being sad, you know, on Christmas Day. You're not a sad, bad person for being sad on, you know, any holiday. It doesn't make you a bad person. It just means that you're human and you have emotions and you don't want to suppress them. So, yeah, and that kind of brings me to my next point. So, um, if you are someone with holiday depression, I've come up with a couple of things that might help you manage your holiday depression a little bit better. Um, And I really hope that you can find comfort in at least one of these things. I really hope that at least one of them helps you, you know, get through, you know, 2020's upcoming holidays because we have a full, today's January 1st, so we have a full year of holidays left. And I want you to be in the best shape when you start to feel that holiday depression. So I've pretty much created this list for you. So let's just jump right into it. Um, So the first thing that I have here, (laughs) the first, the very first thing, and it's the first thing for a reason, um, be patient and forgiving with yourself. So what I mean by that, you are going to get so much backlash from the world for being (laughs) sad on a holiday or being sad at an event or uh, or whatever. You know, people are going to call you negative. People are going to think that you're bitter. They're, you know, all of the negative things. So the the first thing that you can do to help yourself is be kind to yourself. You're going to get people that aren't going to be so kind to you. And you don't need to add on to that by beating yourself up. Like you're just, you're just hurting yourself more. You're just hurting yourself way more. You, you have to practice patience and you have to practice kindness for yourself. You have to treat yourself well because the world probably won't treat you well you know, if you suffer from holiday depression, you're probably going to be called everything under the sun, you know, and except for, you know, someone who suffers from holiday depression or whatever. So anyways, moral of that mini story is to just be kind to yourself because other people probably won't be so kind to you. Um, the next thing that I have on this list is to do something alone that makes you happy like a hobby, preferably something uh, creative. Um, And the reason I say something creative is because it makes you feel important, which is something that you would otherwise get from, you know, family or spending time with family or spending time with friends on the holiday. You know, that, that, that feeling that, oh my God, you know, you're amazing. You have to create that feeling for yourself. So doing something creative, it instantly puts you in that spot. You know, it instantly puts you there. Like if you're a painter and you on Christmas Day, you decide to paint a nice, really amazing uh, portrait. You know, when you step back and examine that on Christmas Day, you're like, wow, I really painted that. Like, wow, I'm amazing. And you're going to give yourself kudos and pats on the back because it's it's good. You know, you've just made yourself feel important. You've just made yourself feel like somebody. Because a lot of people are already getting that on holidays. You know, they're already spending time with family that makes them feel like they're somebody. So you have to create that for yourself. Yes, I know. It's very sad. But if you want to manage your holiday depression, that's one way that you can do it. Get creative. And whatever it, whatever creative space that you work best in, do it. Just, just do it. Make yourself feel good. Make yourself feel important. Make yourself feel like you're somebody. Um, the third thing on the list is to understand that it's it's okay to be sad on a holiday. It's the most important part. It is okay to be sad on a holiday. Um, you're not a bad person. You're not negative. You're not bitter. 
it's not the same as being jealous of your best friend. Like, the, it's it's just not. It's okay to be sad on the holiday. And I'm just going to leave that one at period. It's okay to be sad on the holiday, period, because that's it. Um, the next thing that I have on my list um, is to be open to ask asking a friend to spend time with them on whatever holiday it is that you've noticed that your holiday depression gets worse on. So, this is something I'm actively still working on because it is a very active thing to do. And um, it requires you getting out of your comfort zone. It definitely does. So this is one of the things on my list that I still struggle with. But more than likely, if you ask someone, hey, look, I really don't want to be alone on this holiday. And I'd really like to spend time with you and your family so that I'm not alone. There's a good chance. I guarantee you they're probably going to say yes. And there's a really good chance that you're going to have a good time. It's going to feel weird at first. Like the entire process is going to feel weird. First, it's going to feel weird asking. Second, it's going to feel weird waiting and preparing. And then third, it's going to feel weird going. But then once you're there and once you're, you know, you get comfortable there, when you leave, you'll probably feel so refreshed. So if you can get through those three steps, the fourth one, you won't regret it. So yeah, if you want to be a little bit more active or proactive, I guess, about um, managing your holiday depression, I would definitely suggest, um, doing that step that I just, um, provided you. Yeah. So on to the next thing. Um, if you don't have something that makes you creative or that makes you feel creative, um, maybe you're just not an artist and that's okay. That's, that's okay. This step is definitely for you. Take yourself on a date take yourself on a date. It doesn't have to be actually out. You know, you don't have to actually go out to dinner with yourself or go see a movie with yourself. If, if you don't have money, you can definitely do some things at home. For me, I'm a broke college student, okay? So I usually hardly ever have money. Um, but what I like to do is I have some face masks that I've had for a while, like the, the containers of face masks, um, Aztec Healing Clay. If you don't know, it comes in like a big jar and you just need the apple cider. So I invest in that. Um, but yeah, I'll give myself a face mask. I'll take some nail polish out, paint my nails. Um, my favorite, my absolute favorite, uh, outside of the next one, um, is cleaning. Uh, I know it's really weird, but anyways, yeah, I'll like just start deep cleaning things because I like to feel things to feel fresh and that makes me feel important. Like having a fresh room and apartment or whatever. Um, so yeah, take yourself on a date, make yourself feel like like you're bougie, okay? Like you are bougie. Even if you're bougie on a budget, be bougie on a budget, you know? Like just do it. Make yourself feel important. If you don't have something, if you're not a creative person and you can't be creative, then make treat yourself like you are, I don't know, Michelle Obama, okay? On a budget or not on a budget, whatever floats your boat. On to my next point. So this point that I'm about to tell you is my absolute favorite, okay? It is probably, like, it just instantly helps you feel better, especially when you're sad on holidays. So that point is going to be daydreaming. Yes, 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 I know. It sounds very childish, and it sounds very, like, what? Like a waste of your time, but let me just explain, okay? Let let, let me explain. <clears throat> so, what I mean by daydreaming, if you're sad, if you notice that you're sad on the holiday or if you're spending a holiday alone, after you've done at least one or two of the other things, sit yourself down in a chair or in your bed, or even if you want to write it out in a notebook or a planner or whatever, just start daydreaming or even planning 
your future life. Even if it sounds like it's 20 years from now, just plan your future life, your future um, life, right? And what, what I mean by that, so I'll give you a personal example. So for me, what I do is I'll lay there or I'll sit at my desk and um, no, I'm not married and no, I don't have children. And I, the only thing I have right now is just my lovely boyfriend um, who I hope to create a future with. Um, but what I'll do is I'll just start thinking about traditions and things that I want to do with our future family whenever we decide to have one. And I kid you not, it makes me feel so just warm and gooey on the inside. Like even now just thinking about it, it just makes me so happy. You know, just thinking about like, wow, on on Christmas, you know, we're going to have like a big Christmas tree, you know, like three years from now, five years from now, like we're going to you know, go take Christmas pictures in downtown, you know, make family Christmas cards, you know. It's like I envision, like, the life that I wish I had right now, I envision that for my future. Like, the life that I wasn't able to get for my family, I feel just as good imagining that life for my future children, you know, and and giving that to them. You know, of course, eventually they'll have their own options, but for as long as their life is in my hands, I just imagine giving them the best, you know, and that makes me feel happy. And maybe for you, maybe it's not even a family. Maybe it's not getting married. Maybe it's not, you know, having a house, whatever it is. But, you know, some people create create your own traditions, even if it's alone. You know, if, if you know that you spend every Christmas alone, you know, and you know that like this is you're in college right now and you're going to graduate soon or whatever, you know, the world is yours to imagine. Create your own traditions. You know, every year on Christmas, buy a plane ticket and fly to another state for, you know, two days and get a hotel for two days or something and, and make that a tradition for yourself. It doesn't have to involve anyone else. It doesn't have to involve your boyfriend. It doesn't have to involve, you know, like your friends. It could just be you. And that's totally okay. But just just envision it, okay? Envision it and, girl, listen to me. I want you to manifest it, Okay. Don't just envision, manifest. If that's the life you want, think about it, manifest it so that you can walk in that direction to creating that life for yourself, okay? Because let me tell you, it's it's possible. It is 100% possible to manifest the life that you want. The minute you start envisioning something as if you already have it or envisioning it as if it's already going to happen, you start to act like it's already happened and it's going to happen. Your entire demeanor, your vibe, your energy changes. You start moving in that direction. You start moving in that direction of the universe, you know? So instead of get, getting sad on a holiday, just make yourself envision the life that you want. If you know that you're tired of spending holidays alone, as soon as you graduate and get your big girl job, make your own traditions. Do your own thing. Because, like, it, it's uh, the power of manifesting. You know, the power of manifesting. That's why I took it upon myself to put daydreaming on this list because daydreaming sounds like it's for children, but that's the problem with a lot of adults is that we don't daydream anymore. We're not manifesting. You know, we're not envisioning the life that we want. We think that it's, you know, far-fetched. We think that it's just a dream, you know? Like, we don't envision that it's something that's possible anymore, you know, for a lot of adults. And so we end up settling. Don't settle. If you know that your mom was toxic and, and you're a woman and you know that you don't want to be a toxic toxic mother, envision not being a toxic mother. Envision what that means for you to not be toxic. 
So that way, when you get there in your life, you're not toxic. You know, you don't want to get to the place in your life where you want to be and have to make adjustments in yourself. You don't want to do that, right? You don't want to get your big girl job and start working and then start trying to think of traditions. No, you want your big girl job to happen and then you want to be already creating the traditions. You know what I mean? Like, just, sis, daydream. Daydream in the morning. Daydream at night. Write it down. Make it happen. Create your own traditions. Just because you weren't given the life that you want doesn't mean that you can't have it in the future, okay? So that's my last tip for how to deal with holiday depression. And I really hope at least one of these things really helped you guys. And if you don't know um, about my podcast, because I'm a very small podcasting channel, um, follow me on Instagram at elephantitr and comment on my post because I'd really like to hear what you guys have to say about holiday depression. Um, I'm very open to conversate, <laughs> to conversations, extremely open to them. You know, I'm, I love to hear different perspectives, even if they're extremely different from mine. Even if you don't agree with half of the things I said in this podcast, I would still like to hear it. I want feedback, okay? And um, definitely follow me to stay in the loop um, with any upcoming um, uh, podcasts or episodes that I'm going to be releasing um, just because um, I do want to start doing features on my podcast. But like I said, I'm a very small podcasting channel. I have like zero followers. So um, follow me. And if you would like to be featured in any of my upcoming podcasts, definitely um, shoot me a message on Instagram, um, reach out to me, and we can see about making it happen. Um, but for now, I'm going to let you guys go. And I hope you guys, today is day one of 365 days. So it's the first day of January. You are going to tackle your holiday depression this year. This year, you will not be sad on any holiday, okay? You won't do it. I'm telling you that you won't do it because you're not going to do it. I've just given you a good list and just, just go make your life happen, guys. All right. Have a great uh, year. <laughs> Bye, guys.